Okay. Um, in today's lesson, I appreciate what Elaine shared when she shared, and she mentioned uh, Caleb, because that's who I'm going to be preaching on today. He was 85 years old, but he was full of vigor and desire for God. And that is the title of my lesson today, How to Thrive at 85. He was 85 years old, and he was still working hard for the Lord. Now, let's give a little quiz here before we start. You don't have to verbally answer, but you know you're getting old when you can remember a few of these things. Number one, soft drinks only came in bottles, and you can get a deposit for that bottle. Y'all remember that, them little bottles they had? Number two, gasoline was less than 50 cents a gallon. Some of y'all are like, no, yeah, it really was. Coffee shops had tableside jukeboxes. You sit at the table, you can put little quarters in, listen some music. Refrigerators were called the ice box. George, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Coke bottles had the name of cities on the bottom of it. There was no such thing, at one point in time, there was no such thing as a remote control. No such thing. You had children that would get up and change those channels for you. Number seven. You remember a television had those rabbit ears that you put on top of them? And then, when you couldn't get a good signal, you put some aluminum foil on top of those ears. And the youngest in the family had to stand there and hold it sometimes. I was the youngest of eight. I did that a lot of times. I remember when the knob broke on the television, you had to take those pliers, and you turn those pliers. I stood there, click, 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 click. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, number eight, TV was called television. It was no TV. Let's go watch television. We said the whole word back in the day. Number nine, remember when cell phones were as big as your Bible? They had cell phones, you like put them in a suitcase to charge them. <laughs> See, nowadays, those people be walking around with their swag, sag, pants on. They just drop all the way down. You put one of them big cell phones in there. That would be so sad. And then number 10, trucks had a gear shift on the steering column on the front. Not like on the bottom. They used to have them way up here when you drive your steering wheel. It, it's amazing. So anyway, I guess I'm kind of dating myself as well. Someone said that old age is when you've got it all together, but you just can't remember where you put it. I didn't say that. Somebody else said that. What I said was, you know you're getting older when you bend down to tie your shoe and you think, what else can I do while I'm down here? <laughs> I may not be back for a while. <laughs> Turn over to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. In this lesson, Caleb serves as a good example of three important spiritual qualities. 
Joshua chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 6. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. I brought back, and I brought back him a report according to my convictions. For my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So I am here today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then at the Anakites there were and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. So Hebron belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. This is an incredible story. Caleb, 45 years old, he got a promise that he would get a certain part of the land. He got that promise at 40. Then he traveled throughout the desert for 40 years with a bunch of people that was complaining, grumbling, uh, unfaithful. And yet he still held on to that promise. Even though everybody around him, majority of them, was complaining and grumbling. He didn't focus on what they said. He focused on the promise of God. So many times, guys, we let the people around us affect us spiritually. We let the people around us change our mood. We let one phone call, one text message change who we are and our demeanor. But here's this man, Caleb. He said, you know what? All that is going on in my life, but I'm more focused on the promise that God gave me. So at 40, he got the promise. 40 years, he goes in the desert. Now he's 80. And now Joshua's leading. And Joshua says, I need you to help me fight and conquer and go to battle. He said, yes, let's do it. So for five years, he became a warrior. So now he's at 85 years old. And he's saying, and now, and now all this is done with. And I remember the promise God gave me about this land. So we need to do something about this promise. Because I held on to it. For 45 years. See, that's called biblical persistence. This is the first thing we see about Caleb. Caleb's example of persistence. God promised him something, and 45 years later, it was fulfilled. Sometimes we want something, and if it don't happen that day, that week, we throw a hissy fit. That may be a country word y'all don't know about. You get very upset in who are we are. 
We get all frustrated, we get angry, we get attitudes because it doesn't happen quickly enough for us. Biblical persistence. 45 years he waited for God to fulfill his promise. He said, I remember the promise he gave me in the hill country. And he held on to that. When God gives you a promise, you should never let that promise go. He's giving you promises in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, with your job, with your personal life. God has given you so many promises. But the question is, are we letting go of those promises or are we holding on to them? Because we can hold on to them and then things get a little rocky and we let go of those promises. He says, no, no, no. Caleb said, I'm holding on to this promise for the rest of my life. I didn't know it was going to be 45 years. It could have been 50, 55, 60, but I'm not going to let this promise go. Here's the thing. Many of us, we know a couple of God's promises. We know what it says in, in Jeremiah 29. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Okay, we know what he talks about in Matthew 28. I will be with you uh, always. Outside of those, do you really know God's promises? See, according to Arthur Herbert Lockler, there are 7,457 promises from God in the Bible. And those are just ones that he says, I promise this, this, or that. There's other things he said that are insinuated as a promise. These are just straight out promises of God. Now, if there's over 7,400 of them, how many do you know? You say, well, well I'm just, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know those things. I'm not full-time staff. You don't understand. All you got to do is read your Bible. How do you have a deep Bible study? Here's what you do. You read your Bible, and you see something that stands out to you. You take your pen, and you underline it. Or you write on the side of it. Or you highlight it. That's all you got to do. That's how you study out your Bible. And then next time you come back, you'll see something highlighted, and it's like, ooh, what was that saying? Oh, yeah, now you remember Guys, I say this because it is not hard to study deeper in the Bible. It's just a choice we have to make. Do I want to study deeper? Do I not want to study deeper? Do I want to be lazy? Do I want to give my heart wholeheartedly to God? See, Caleb said, I follow the Lord wholeheartedly. See, the issue is either I'm wholeheartedly following God or I'm half-heartedly following God. It can't be both. And see, this is where we got to understand, sometimes you, when you read your Bible, it is not hard to go deeper. All it means is just slow down and look at it and just take a few notes. It will help you out so much. Guys, I want to encourage you to be encouraged by what the Bible says. But you can't hold on to a promise that you don't know anything about. And if there's that many promises in here for us, God is trying to tell us, Listen to them. I'm here for you. I want to help you. I love you. Hold on to my promises. Read them. Look at them. They're here for you. You know, it would be a shame if you had the winning lotto ticket and you never claimed it. You just had it and it just stayed in your wallet and you just stayed as broke as you are today. That would be sad. But what's even sadder is that you have promises that God has given you and you aren't even claiming them. You have something worth more than a winning lotto ticket. We're talking about for eternal life. But are you claiming those promises that God has for you? 
Well, I'm just not sure what they are. All you have to do is open your Bible. They're in there. They're here for us. Caleb teaches us to never give up on God's promise. Now, I feel like I'm talking, and it's kind of floating over you. So I'm going to kind of bring this cloud down for a minute here. So what does God promise you in your marriage? He promises you love, peace. He promises you unconditional love. He promises you forgiveness in your marriage. This is what God promises you. Are you practicing what God is promising you? You want to hear me when I was preaching up here, so I'm bringing it down right here to you so we can understand each other. Are you practicing what he's preaching to you? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. You've got to understand, this is what he's calling us to do. We know the Bible, but are we practicing the Bible? Okay, we just had a great singles conference. And now you're coming back. There are some people who are coming back with a great report, just like Joshua and Caleb. And then there's some that may be coming back still with a little bit of doubt. Guys, you got to understand, what you just experienced is something that the world craves. They desire that. Even if you're not there yet, get with some of the people that are still on their Inspire High and get your groove back on, Stella. you got to understand, you got to get back in there. You got to do what you have to do. Surround yourself with those that are on fire for God and help you get that spark back. We got to understand it's that God has made promises for us. No matter how old you are, God is still promising He's with you. He's with you when you wake up and your knees hurt and your back hurt and you got to take that high cholesterol, high blood pressure pill. He's still with you the whole way. One of my favorite stories is about a scrawny kid from West Texas who attended a small high school. They didn't have a wrestling program, but he read a book on wrestling and asked one of the assistant coaches if he would enter him in some of the wrestling matches in that region. The coach agreed to help the kid. This little guy was neither strong nor skillful, but he had one enduring quality he refused to give up. He won every single wrestling match because he just held on to his opponents till he wore them down. By the end of the season, he was undefeated and made it to the state finals in his weight class. In the championship, the kid's opponent was a two-time state champion and a bona fide college prospect. As this scrawny kid faced this state champion, the state champion made a couple of quick moves and soon had that West Texas kid pinned to the ground. The coach knew his athlete was about to lose. And he couldn't bear to watch, so he turned his head away. Suddenly, the coach heard a roar of the crowd, and when he turned around, his kid was on top of the state champ pinning him. He had won the match. The little guy bounced across the mat and hugged the coach and said, Coach, I won, I won. The coach said, Sure, son, but I missed it. I turned away just before you were about to lose. What happened? The kid said, Coach, that guy was good. He had me twisted like a pretzel on the mat. But you know me, coach, I never quit. I refused to give up. So I opened my eyes, and there in front of me, in front of my face, was a big toe. I didn't even know if it was against the rules or not, but I bit into that big toe with all my strength. 
And coach, it is amazing what you can do when you bite your own toe. Have you ever been tempted to give up on God and God's promises? I know I have at times. But you know, you got to take a grip of God's promises and refuse to let go. Refuse to give up. Hold on to God's promises. The second thing we see about Caleb, that's a good example. So the first one is don't give up on God's promises. So my challenge for you is to read the Bible and find multiple promises of God. Because honestly, you find the promises of God, and even if your day has challenges in it, you think back to those promises, and it's going to help you get through that day. But guys, if we have nothing to think back and hold on to, we struggle so hard, we waver in our faith. He says, just hold on to the promises. That will get you through whatever it may be. The second point, Caleb's example of endurance. He had persistence, but he also had endurance. Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. Both Joshua and Caleb were older now, but God remembered them, and he wasn't done with them yet. In chapter 13, verse 1, When Joshua was old and well advanced in years, the Lord said to him, You are very old. Well, that's obvious. You are very old, and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. See, at this point you think God would say to Joshua and Caleb, You know, you guys are so old, you you, you need to step aside and let one of these young whippersnappers take over. But that's not what God said. Because God knew there were still some areas to be taken. And he needed a veteran. He needed someone well advanced in years. He needed one of them old timers to go in there and kick some behind. He said, I want this job done and done right. So you know what? I'm not done with you. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're done. God not only preserved the promise for man, but he preserved the man for the promise. And this is what he said. He said, you know what? This city is already won for the Lord. All he's doing is preserving us to go out and take the promise that he's already given us. He said, this is what it's all about. Caleb was 85 years old before he ever moved into his own house. You got to remember, he was traveling. He was going to war. He was doing all these things. He didn't even move in his own house till he was 85. At 85, we're thinking about other stuff. We want to slow down a little bit. Enjoy the rest of our years. Caleb's like, no, 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 I'm just getting started at 85. See, when you follow God wholeheartedly, you never retire from serving him. Many people have jobs and careers, and you work there for a length of time, and then you retire. And that's good. You need to. You put in your time. Retire, spend all your kids' inheritance, just enjoy life. I tell my kids all the time, when my mama, your grandmama, sends you money, give me half. Because that's my inheritance you're spending right now. I need half of that right now. Because that should be mine, but that's all right. Six times in the Old Testament, we read the verses describing Caleb. And it says, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. 
He wholeheartedly followed the Lord. In fact, Caleb's name literally means follows God like a dog. And that's not in an insulting way. Because if you think about it, you think of how dogs follow their master. How they're right beside them. And if anybody tries to attack the master, that dog gets vicious. If anybody tries to attack God, Caleb was there to deal with what was going on. You know, I think about some people who may have retired from the work world, but not from God's church. I think about Miss Marie. That woman right there, she don't be playing around. She came in today and I appreciate our brother Juan was like, anything I can do to help? She said, no, I'm doing security. I got to make sure things are under control. I'm like, ain't this something? I know you're packing too, huh? But anyway. <laughs> I think of Matt Graham. He may be retired, but he's still moving in hospital ministry. He's still taking care of people. He's still making sure things are going. We saw him up on stage. They part singing. We saw our brother doing communion up here. You know what? Honestly, I don't remember everything he said. But seeing him up here doing communion was inspiring enough for me to say that was a great communion talk. Serving the Lord is not a job. It's a life calling. The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. God has called each of his children to serve him. If you say you are a son or daughter, a child of God, then he has called you to serve him. It's your real vocation. And you can't take a vacation from your vocation. Sometimes people say, I need a little time away from church. I need a little time away from God. How can you take time away from God? He's everywhere. He does everything. How can you say, I need some time away from you? First of all, why would you want to say, I need time away from you? Let me just let Satan ravage me. I need time away. Seriously? But many times we think as we get older, God's done with us. He's never done with you. Because even if you physically can't get out, you have some wisdom up in here that you can spread to other people and help them be more of a man or woman of God. Well, I've never been to a seminary. It doesn't mean you have to go to a seminary to be used by God. One of the greatest servants of God in the 19th century was a shoe salesman from Chicago named D.L. Moody. He was never ordained or never attended college or seminary. But one time, D.L. Moody heard a preacher, Henry Varley, speak these words. The world has yet to see what God can do in, with, and through, and for a man who's fully committed to him. At that moment, D.L. Moody said, by the grace of God, I will be that man. D.L. Moody shook two continents for Christ, including England. On one occasion in London, D.L. Moody was preaching to a crowd of very educated and sophisticated Englishmen. This next sentence shows how poorly he spoke. Don't never think that God don't love you, for he do. That's how he spoke. But it wasn't about the words that came out of his mouth. It was about his passion, his heart, his desire that he won people to Christ. That communion talk showed passion and heart. I've had knee replacements, but I'm standing up for the Lord to do communion for you today. 
Don't ever think, as we look around, that these older people in our congregation are done. They're not done. They're just heating up. They're just getting started. The party's just now starting for many of them. And honestly, some of the younger people, we got to catch up to where they are. And I did say we. We have to catch up to where they are. Third and finally, Caleb was an example of courage. Courage. The third lesson we can learn from Caleb is a lesson of courage. Again, a brave soldier at age 40. Wander with them for 40 years and then continue to go back into battle for the last five years. Courage is the ability to face your fears and to keep moving forward. I define courage as being the only one who knows you're really afraid. That's me personally, because a lot of times when I'm scared to do something, I may be scared inwardly, but I'm not going to show it, and I'm going to keep pressing on and keep moving on. If you don't know I'm scared, I don't know I'm scared. I'm going to keep going. Courage. It's not that you can't be afraid. We all have fears and insecurity. All of us do. If you say you don't, you lie and you're scared to be honest. You have fears just like we have fears. But courage is even though I'm afraid, I'm still going to keep moving on doing the right thing. When you fight in God's strength, you'll never retreat from the enemy. Caleb was still ready to go into battle at 85 years of age. You can follow the Lord with all your heart, but you will never back up, set up, or give up until you are caught up in heaven if you are following the Lord God Almighty wholeheartedly. But here's two enemies that we face when we want to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. One is the grasshopper complex. Look over in Numbers chapter 33. We're going to come back to Joshua, but put your finger there. Numbers 33. Number, I'm sorry, Numbers 13, verse 33. Numbers 13, verse 33. And this is the, the spies coming back, and they're giving their report. In verse 33 it says, We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Their report is they saw how big these people were, and they said, They see us like grasshoppers. We see ourselves like grasshoppers in comparison to them. But look over in Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Joshua 2, verse 8 and 9. Before the spies lay down for the night, this is when they sent spies over to look at Jericho. Before the spies lay down for the night, they went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. So the land they went to spy out, they said, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. They're so big. They're so strong. And then they go back later and the people that actually live in that city are full of fear because of God's people. See, God's people saw themselves as weaker, less, but the enemy saw them as incredible, and they were fearful of them. Sometimes our problem is we have a grasshopper complex. We think the world is more powerful than even God. 
Sometimes we look at the world and we think, oh, this is too much. We can't do this. This is too big. What are we talking about? We're talking about the man that created all that. The world is never going to be bigger than God. But sometimes we have that grasshopper complex that we have to overcome. Here's a story out of Rochester, New York. An autistic student by the name of Jason McElwain worked as a manager on the high school basketball team. J-Mac, as he was called, had never put on a uniform, but for the last game of the season, the coach let him dress out. For the end of the game, he put J-Mac into play. His first shot was an air ball that missed the goal by six feet. But pretty soon, he got hot. In the last four minutes of the game, J-Mac scored 20 points, including six three-point bombs. After the game, the students on the team lifted J-Mac on their shoulders. I like his attitude. When you're different, it takes courage to get out on the field and compete and attempt to play. Remember, victory comes in cans. Defeat comes in camps. Before you can claim God's promises, we need to live in the land of victory. And that's where Caleb lived, in the land of victory. Then the second enemy we got to defeat is our own inner giant. Because honestly, the person that I have the most trouble with in the church is me. Because I'm my own worst critic. We had our first football, flag football game yesterday. And uh, we played against another region. I ain't going to say who, but we played against another region. And uh, the game ended in a tie. But in my heart, I felt like we lost. Even though we, t- we didn't lose, but for me, the competitive nature, I felt like we lost. Now, when I'm playing and I make a mistake, I can, I can erase it real quick right then and there. But after the game, I start thinking back through all kind of things. Man, if I had thrown the ball better, we would have scored. We wouldn't have tied. We would have won. If I had ran faster. I mean, I'm saying all this stuff. Now, they're 23 years old. I'm 49. But I still got my groove on. But anyway... But I'm sitting here thinking all these things after the game that, that I could have done better, and I started getting sad and discouraged because sometimes I'm my worst own enemy. I'm like, you know what? We tied. We played great. We have a good team. I didn't get hurt, thank the Lord. You know what? There are so many things to be grateful for, but yet I was focused on the negative part. And sometimes we do that in our lives. Even when things are good, we can find something that's wrong and focus more on the wrong than what's good. There's a lot going on in the church. I'm sure you can find something negative today that has happened. You may not like my tie or my suit, or you may not like Corey singing the way he sang with his new professor glasses. You know what? There's always something wrong, but did you see how many people were into it? When these older people came up and started singing, you didn't even know yourself the words of the song, but you sang better than you did all your life. It sounds so good singing. People were happy and smiling and videotaping everything. These old people don't even know how to spell YouTube, but they're all on YouTube now. It's going to be incredible what's going on. It's just inspiring. But sometimes we have to get over ourselves in order to win the victory. You know what's amazing, though? Uh, Joshua 15, verse 14. I'm about to close out here. Can I have my wife join me up on stage, please? Joshua 15, verse 14. It's nothing bad. Everybody going, ooh. <laughs> ain't nothing bad. Come on, y'all. You know, you just need help. But, well, yeah. 
Verse 14. From Hebron, Caleb drove out three Anakites, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talai, descendants of Anak. Now here's something incredible. He drove out these three different tribes at 85 years of age. Okay, now why did he drive out these three different tribes before he could take the victory? There were three giants there, these giant tribes. But for Caleb, they were more than just a giant, giant tribe. Anakites to Shai, that name means who I am. Ahaman means what I am. Talami means what I can do. He drove out not just three tribes, but he had to conquer who I am, what I am, and what I can do. That's literally what those names meant. And he had to overcome his own ego, who I am, overcome what I am, what my pride can do for me, and what I can do, my self-sufficiency. Once he got rid of himself, his pride, his self-sufficiency, then God said, now you have the land. See, even for those 45 years, he was still dealing with things in his own personal life. And until he had conquered what God set out for him to conquer, he wasn't able to take the land. But once he did, it was all his. You know, what does that tell you? That says God is still working on each and every one of us. You say, man, I wish I was married. Let me tell you something. No, you don't. Not yet. Because, no, well, let me tell you why. Because God is working on your spouse still. And he's working on you. So your spouse can tolerate you, and you can tolerate your spouse. That person's not there yet because God's not done dealing with them. Don't you want that man and that woman that's not just beautiful but godly, righteous? He's working on them. you got to just be patient. You say, well, what about me? I'm already married. Okay, slow down. Because he's already given you what you needed. You say, are you sure? Yes. Why do you have conflict? Because one of y'all need to change. Somebody's selfish. Somebody prideful. You know, I got with Juan and Dianetti's the other day, and I said, how y'all doing? Dianetti said, we boyfriend, girlfriend. I said, amen then. Life is good. You know, Caleb tells us three things. He gives us an example of persistence, he gives us an example of endurance, and he gives us an example of courage. These are three things that we can learn from Caleb. 